You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. It says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Uh Uh-oh, it is Contentment Sunday, everybody. There you go. You're like, oh, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Easy to read, really hard to live. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, and then the famous verse, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. All right, let's talk about it. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this clear call to live with contentment in every circumstance. God, we ask, Lord, that you would help us embody it. God, we just confess living in a culture that that literally makes money off of our discontentment, the challenge to live with spiritual contentment and radiate the light of Jesus. But we ask, Lord, that you would help us. God, renew our minds this morning. Refresh and awaken this desire within us and help us live it. We love you and we honor you. And everybody said amen. Amen. Have you ever met somebody that really did live with this kind of contentment? Like when you look at their life, you can see spiritual contentment. In other words, it's the things on the outside are not dictating how they are, but what's taking place on the inside is dictating how they are. I think one of the persons that I met and knew really well that that lived this was a lady named Doris. I've told you multiple times that for many years, for 14 years, I served on staff at New Life in Colorado Springs. And and so uh, one of the ladies who had an office near me, she was uh, quite a bit older and she was in a wheelchair and she had some really some some challenging physical problems. But we had offices right by each other, so I often saw her. And whenever you would ask Doris how she was doing, she always responded with, I'm trying to keep up with God's blessings. Now, here's what made me just marvel at that phrase. Deeply embedded in that is my eyes are on him. I am here serving other people. And so I'm trying to keep up with the blessing of God. In other words, God is so great. God's doing so much stuff. I'm just trying to keep up. And right in it, you find not focus on me and this wheelchair blessings. Now, the weather and well, it was always, wow, well, I'm just trying to keep up with God's blessings. Now, I know some of you guys, you hear that and you think, oh, great. We're going to hear a sermon about being fake. (laughs) We're going to hear a sermon about saying something that we're not, and I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a memorized answer that's not real. I am talking about inward transformation that empowers and enables you to not have external circumstance dictate how you live or how you are, but a real work of God, something that God has done inside of you that it doesn't matter the circumstance, you are already rooted in a reality of I don't allow circumstance to dictate how I am. I'm, I'm tr- already transformed by Christ. And so when we look at this, it's, it's essentially this idea. I'm okay even when my circumstances are not okay. 
It is not pretending. It's already decided. It's already established. It's identity that is formed out of Christ rather than my well-being decided by my circumstance. And if anybody embodies this, it's Paul. And when we were reading last week, verse 9 concluded with, hey, put into practice what you see in me. And so then he goes on and he uses himself as an example. And obviously, someone like Doris, or maybe you have someone like Doris in your life, is an example. We want to look at the example of Paul today. And Paul, if you could picture this moment, he's in a Roman prison cell, and he had always dreamed of being a preacher in Rome. And instead, he finds himself as a prisoner in Rome. And so it's not quite like he had hoped. It's a little bit different than his original expectation. And maybe you're here today, and you've got circumstance that isn't quite like you had hoped. Maybe you're here today, and maybe it's financial or, or, or some kind of circumstance with your family or or some kind of something with your body, some, some kind of circumstance that causes you to be tempted to live with discontentment. Here's Paul setting an example for us. And he's writing to this church that he had founded 10 years earlier, Paul, the church planter. And Paul, maybe, we don't know, maybe, maybe he's got the opportunity to see outside of the prison cell. Maybe he's got the, maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes he steps outside for a break and, and he had imagined preaching here, but instead he's living in this, in this prison where when he says things like, hey, whether well-fed or hungry, it's quite possible that a first century prison is much different like one today and that he is, he doesn't know when he gets up in the morning if there will be a meal or that, that day or not. He doesn't know exactly if he's going to live or if he's going to die. And so here's Paul in a circumstance that's so challenging. And 16 times in this letter, he has referenced joy. And he is saying, I have learned the secret of being content. And I just want you to just hear and be reminded Because I think for many of us, this is an idea that we know in principle, but we so live in a culture where everybody's okay if circumstance is okay. So if my circumstance is okay, if the food is right, if the clothes are right, if the house is right, if my friends are right, if all these things are right, then I'm all right. And if those things are wrong, then let me just be real and tell you what's wrong, okay? But for you to take that worldview off and put on a worldview like Paul talks about where he's saying, at my core, my circumstance is built out of my identity in Christ. Who I am in Christ is who I am. The internal is what I am and the external, well, it'll go up and it'll go down. There'll be days that'll be great and days that it's hard, But I have found contentment. I have found the the secret of being content in all things. And I love that language of secret. It's kind of interesting. When somebody says to you, let me tell you a secret, you're not like, what? No, I don't care. No, the, the, the way that secret is, is it's like, lean in. Let me tell you something. Let me be Paul, the sage. Speak to the church that I founded and tell you something vibrant and important to help sustain you in your walk with Jesus. And he says this, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So if you think about that in Paul's life, that was a lot of different situations. I was just meditating when I think about his ministry. When you think about, okay, 
Christ becomes his identity. He gives his life to Jesus. And then he's got not all great circumstance and, and not all bad circumstance, right? I mean, he's got some moments where things look great. That great moment we read in Acts 9, Jesus appears to him, road to Damascus, brighter than the sun. It's the way that Paul talks about it, that all of a sudden he sees a light brighter than the sun, hears an audible voice. If you're Paul, whew, it's, it's, that's a good day. I think most of us think of our lives kind of like a roller coaster, right? Like we've got some good moments and some hard moments. If that's, that's an up moment on the roller coaster, right? That's like, I am persecuting Christians. Jesus appeared to me. Ooh, that's, that's going up. That's good. And then all of a sudden, oh no, I'm blind. That's bad. That's hard, right? All right, three days go by. Go to Ananias' house. He prays for me. I can see again. Fish scales fall out. Woo, good. All right. Hey, You've got a calling. You've got a purpose. Ananias tells him what he's called to do with his life. Well, the day that Jesus saved him, good day. And now to find out what Jesus wants him to do, <laughs> that's great. All right, good. I got, all right, I'm called to reach the Gentile world, but that means it's going to be hard. Actually, that word right there where it says that you'll be a witness, it says you'll be a martyr. It's that idea. It's going to be dying to yourself all the time. And when you read Paul's life, whew, there's some moments where it gets, circumstance is hard. So then, all right, I go out, start preaching the gospel. Some people respond, up, awesome. Hey, can I pray for some people? They get healed, awesome. All right, it's good. And you're gonna be thrown in prison. Ah, hard. You're gonna be drug outside the city of Lystra and beaten and left for dead. You've got to be very messed up for them to think you're dead. Ha, <sighs> hard, lower, right? <laughs> you can go back to prison. What? Uh, sing at midnight? Ooh, you're free. Okay, up again. Shipwrecked. Ah, prison. Ah, here's my point. I think for us, this is, this, is, this is your ministry life, right? So you say yes to Jesus, and you got moments where it feels like it's going really well. You got moments where it feels like there's some circumstance. I'm accomplishing my purpose. I'm getting, I'm getting done some things I feel called to do. And there's some moments where it feels like you're out in the desert, and there's some moments where people reject you, and there's some moments where people are applauding. There's some moments where people think you're crazy. There's some moments where your circumstance is great, and some moments where your circumstance is hard, as Paul says here in Philippians and our challenge is, all right, we want to be steady and constant and consistent in the up and in the down. I was thinking about mine. Now, I know this is awkward and embarrassing to try to talk about Paul's circumstance and then talk about mine, but bear with me for a moment. All right, because there's been moments for me that have been an up. There have been some moments where it's like, this is awesome. Like I remember in the day in the 90s where we were like, all right, let's call young people to follow Jesus, but we're not going to do it with fireworks and pizza that's free. We're going to tell them to fast and pray and be holy and live set apart and go give their lives in the mission field. And then to look out, you know, years later and see some of the fruit and see thousands of kids on their faces praying. And, and then to see kids that actually engage in fasting and, 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 and signing up to go spend their lives on mission. I mean, it was just, it's, there's been some moments where I could look out and see kids and just be like, mm, up. And there have been some moments that's like, mm, down. There's a moment. So I, I went on a mission trip with YWAM. And we did this skit in a, in a field, 
And I was out of, so I had long hair. I know that's weird to tell you this. I had a mullet, I had long hair. And uh, yeah, sorry about that. Don't ever find those pictures. You'll be embarrassed that I'm your pastor, but it was true back in the days. But I grew up in Oklahoma and everything's, mullets are okay there. And so (laughs) I don't know if that's true either, but it's, and nonetheless. So anyway, so so I was Adam in the skit, and in the skit there was like, um, Adam is formed out of the dust of the earth, and so, and so Adam, I'm laying down, I'm, I'm Adam in the skit, and the problem is, is that it's set to music, it's a pantomime, you know, it's the 90s, and so I'm, I'm laying there, the problem is, is that when we went to do the skit, they, laid, they had me lay down on a fire ant pile, yeah. So I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, it's just like, and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, mullet. So my neck was fine, but <laughs> that's dumb. But anyway, and so all of a sudden, there's just bites, and I'm just laying there, just, I, I, it, I, what do I do? Like, these, maybe I could just, like, have Adam go crazy in the skit, you know, like, like we could add to, to the tech. Anyway, so I'm just freaking out, and anyway, that was a, a challenging moment. I know it's awkward to compare. You're like, well, let's see, Paul was beaten with rods and shipwrecked, and you're like, fire ants in a skit, but, <laughs> but this is 21st century America, people, all right, this is, that's all I got. So anyway, In your journey, you, you, you've got some moments. You've got things where it's like, our temptation is to live with this. If I've got everything okay, I'm okay. The message we hear from Paul is, Jesus has transformed me. And in obedience, I'm going to follow him. And there are some moments where it is great. And there are some moments where it is hard. But my external circumstance does not dictate if I'm okay. I have been brought in or transformed or the way Philippians 3, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he's speaking in context there to enduring, being obedient to what God's called him to. So I know right now what's marketed a lot is Philippians 4.13 and it's mostly like, hey, mm, I can, I can, I can dunk through Christ who strengthens me, you know, like I can, I can do anything. And, but, but right here where what Paul is saying is he's, he's talking about, I'm, I'm in this prison cell and I'm in hard circumstance and through the strength of Christ, I'm content. I'm okay. And so when you are walking through the challenging season, the challenging circumstance, We take strength by coming to Paul's confession and saying, God, I need your strength. I need the strength, Christ, at work inside of me to help me possess joy and be okay in this circumstance. God, give me strength. That's the prayer I want you to get today. God, I need that strength of Christ. I need I need you to be at work inside of me. So it's looking at Paul, and he's this example. I want to read Philippians 4, 9, where it said this, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. That's why I told you the story of Doris, because Paul is saying, I'm an example of this, because then he goes and he talks about contentment, all right? 
He had said it actually in chapter three, where he says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do, which is a reason why you hear me talk about small groups all the time. Hey, Paul's saying, one of the things that will help you, here's the wise sage saying, let me tell you the secret, contentment. And he's saying, Look at me, look at examples. And one of the great reasons of small groups is when you're around people who can live out this contentment. For me, when I was a 27-year-old and I had this lady who was in her late 70s and she was living out spiritual contentment in a wheelchair, it helped me go, ah, brings it to life. And so it's an action plan for you to figure out how do I get around people that are living this? And so what we tend to do is we tend to want to get around people that all their circumstances seem to be right, right? We'll like their Instagram, we'll make them our hero. If you've got food right, clothes right, you've got hair right, you've got the right house, you, you smell good, you look good, your kids are right. If everything's right, we'll put you up on a pedestal and we'll want to be around you. But here's what Paul would invite us to. Look in here, because here's the challenge. It is true that sometimes great circumstance can disconnect you from Christ like bad circumstance, because in bad circumstance, your temptation is to become angry. How come, God? Why? But in good circumstance, your temptation is to ignore God and be proud and be like, I'm good. I don't need you. Here is the secret of being content in all things. It is Christ in me. Jesus, you are my identity. Jesus, my whole life is bent around you. That's what Paul says here. And he says this, he says that to learn contentment, to learn it. So the first thing I want you to hear that in terms of how do I put this into practice? Have this resolution. I'm, I'm gonna learn it. How, how would we learn it? How could we learn it? Well, it's responding rightly when you're in circumstances, good or bad. Well, here's a circumstance. How do I learn? How did Paul learn it? By walking through it. You're gonna go through these circumstances and in that moment, make this choice. Will I be content in Christ or will I not be? How will I respond? What's it gonna look like for me? Contentment is a journey. Paul can learn it. You can learn it. It's not just a personality trait which is what we do. We're like, we look at other people that have learned it and we go, well, they're, they're a middle child. They have to be content. You know, I, got, I was born here. Or I, was, I was raised here. And so I'm, no, no. Don't think personality. Think work of Christ in me, spiritual contentment. Focus your attention on what God is doing in me, not just what's happening to me. So I'm okay because Christ is at work inside of me not just because I've got everything right, because here's the hard truth. It's probably not gonna all be right all your life. It is a never-ending rat race to try to get all your circumstance right. And if you live where I'll only be content when circumstance is fine, you'll live discontent your whole life. And so the Christian is the one who says, okay, New identity in Christ, transformed God. 
in good days, up or hard, those things don't dictate how I am. I have been transformed. I am in relationship. I am abiding and there is fruit in me that is evident regardless of circumstance. And people can see Jesus in me on my darkest day or on my best day. And that's one of the most beautiful things. Listen, if you lived, if we were to go through church history in different eras, there would be ways to really shine Jesus in a challenging season. When we go through church history and talk about different times, you can look globally at different characteristics where if you really live that piece, it really speaks to the culture. When you live in a materialistic culture like America, when you are content in a culture built on materialism, there is something in people that goes, what's with her? What's with him? One of the best ways you can shine bright the light of Jesus is contentment in a materialistic age. Is, is I have learned the secret of being content. I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Everything around may not be good, but I'm good. And so here's this idea I want you to get. Contentment grows when we find our identity in Christ. And so it's not about what I have, but who has me. It's about I'm, I belong to him. Let me read the way that the message says it because I think it's fresh and so I memorized this. I, I've known that idea kind of from the King James idea. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I, I felt like it was really fresh when I read Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of it today. It says this, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstance. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full, whether, whether full or hungry. Hands full or hands empty? Here it is. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. How? How do I make it? Well, I can make it through him. He's got me. My whole, my whole life is Christ. So in the good days, it's Christ. On the hard days, it's Christ. I trust him. I think an example of this is John the Baptist. We read about John the Baptist in, in John 3.30. And uh, I'm throwing this illustration, this example of John the Baptist in because this week I met, had coffee with two different guys and they both had John 3.30 on their wrist. And so I felt like, wow, I'm gonna throw that in the sermon just in case God is trying to talk to me about John the Baptist. And so I don't know if it's, I don't know exactly, but I'm gonna throw it in. All right, in that verse right there, John 3.30, <laughs> it's vulnerable but true. John, right there, it says this. It says, John the Baptist says, I must become less, he must become more. Or I must decrease, he must increase. Speaking of Jesus, and I want you to think about that because that is the epitome of my identity is in Christ. My external circumstance does not matter. Uh-oh. Can I get an amen? I feel like, I'm, I feel like you're mad right now. I feel like you're like, I, I've never been so angry at David in my life. This isn't David. This is Paul. Be mad at him, all right? And, here, this, and this, is, this is challenging. I mean, I, I, was, I was talking to my dad between services, and I was just like, this is so hard to live. Like, this is so easy to read, and this is a nice idea, but actually finding contentment in Christ and not having, I have a good day or a bad day based upon circumstance, I mean, I feel that. 
I, I, I felt after the last service, well, this little thing went wrong, this little thing, rah, right? Like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm about to preach on contentment. You know, like, it's just so hard to live. I get that. But if we can find that identity, all right, who I am, it is, it is Christ. And I'm not talking about being fake. I'm not talking, but actually rooted and established, all right? And, and for John the Baptist, when you hear that, it is the essence of this because, hey, John's got crowds. Jesus shows up on the scene and John doesn't say, hey, I got to keep my influence. I want to keep my crowds. I want to keep my thing. It's that phrase, I must become less. He must become more. I must decrease. He must increase. Boom. Tattoo. I mean, get it there. Like, get that in us. It's this idea. All right, Paul says, good day, bad day. I've learned the secret of being content in all things. I've learned it. My identity, it's in him. Therefore, <laughs> whether well-fed or hungry. And I just want us to try to think through what does it look like for you? Like your, your temptation and trying to get all the plates spinning where it's like, well, I got to get my clothes right. I got to get my hair. I got to get people to like me. Got to get, got to get everything right. And then I'll be okay. Here is the Christian contentment life. All right. My identity, it's in him and God through Christ, I can do anything through, I, I, it is his strength. And that's the piece that's supernatural right? Because right there in Paul saying it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's saying it's a supernatural work because this is not how human life works. We want all things to be good and to actually say, I can be content in all things. That takes the work of God. That's just straight up. So that's why I think it has to be our prayer because I do not, I do not find this verse easy to live at all. And so it takes that constant Give me strength. You just even just you could just turn it into little phrases. You just as you as you face something that's challenging through the week. Strength. Just one word prayer. Strength. I need your strength. I am tempted to kick that child. God's strength. <laughs> I am tempted to be. I'm tempted to tell that guy in the next lane what I think of him. Strength. What does it look like to be content? God, what does it look to live a supernatural life where I'm okay? Well, in my flesh, impossible, but the strength of Christ, possible. God, give me strength. All right, last idea is this. Contentment is inward peace. It's just this inward peace where the calamities all around me, where chaos may be around me, where all of my things may not be right. Everything that I want, everything that my life looks like, it might not be where I want it to be. My circumstance is not okay but I'm all right. My prayer for us is that we would so live with our identity transformed that when we face things that are not okay, I am okay. And when we're tempted to live by external circumstance being who we are, we have an internal reality that's far bigger. It is what God has done and is doing in me that dictates if I'm okay. That's how I live, not the external circumstance. I read this story this week and I just wanted to read it to you. So I'm just gonna read it straight like, like I read it because it so, it's so illustrates this idea. On the third day of, a, of, a short ter, of the short-term mission trip to Tobago, the missionary led worship in a leper colony. He asked if anyone had a favorite song. And when he did, a woman turned around 
and she had the most disfigured face he had ever seen. She had no ears and no nose. Her lips were gone. But she raised a fingerless hand and asked, can we sing Count Your Many Blessings? And I just thought, my goodness. Hey, family, no matter what hard circumstance you're in, you got blessings to count. There is the blessing of God. And a better phrase than, I'm not all right, I'm mad. I'm just, it's, I'm just trying to keep up with God's blessings. I'm just trying to keep up. God is at work. God has transformed me. God is at work. And of course, not all your circumstances are okay. But I'm not okay because circumstance is okay. I'm okay because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.